1: I've got a friend who's like, he likes animation, but he said he doesn't like Ghibli films because he said they don't look that good. I was like,
0: what, <coughs> what do you mean <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wrong.
2: I just think it's got lots of different things going for it. I think it's really fun for kids and really entertaining. And, you know, like I said, it's got really great, strong characters. But I also think for adults, it's just so... It's escapism and it's really beautiful. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love Ghibli. It's just so beautiful. And that sounds glib, but, you know, it's just like an experience to
3: watch it. Hello, everyone. Joining Watch today, we have Danny. Hello. David. Hello. And Kobe. Hello. And we're here today to talk about Ponyo. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills.
1: Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us.
3: And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter.
1: At FlixWatcherPod. And on Instagram
3: at Flix Watcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to Flix Watcher podcast. Joining us remotely, we have Danny and David. Over to you, David, to introduce yourself, please.
0: Hello. Uh, I am David Smith. I run Wardor Studios and I'm also co director of Small Wardor. And Small Wardor specializes in making original audio content for kids. I'm a sound engineer and audio producer, musician. That's me
1: award-winning podcast maker, I presume?
0: Yes, we're very lucky. We won a silver award in the British Podcast Awards for our children's um, podcast, Super Great Kids Stories, which is sort of an oral tradition tales for kids, um, which was very nice, um, alongside some really great nominees as well. So it was um, very nice, yeah.
1: And who are you on the other side? Oh, sorry, is that me? It is, yes. (laughs) Sorry. It is.
2: So I'm Danny, and um, I have been in the world of podcasts for quite a long time. I started out as a um, audiobooks editor and podcast producer for Penguin Books, mm. and then I moved on to head up Apple Podcasts for Europe. I think did that for about eight years, and then very recently joined Carla and David for Small Wardour because um, we've known each other a long time. We worked together on kids' content before, and I absolutely love kids' audio. So very excited to be branching out into the world of kids audio kids
1: podcasts so big question for me is how how do you formulate how do you make kids content audio content that's engaging for them
0: i mean i think i, I would go back to the thing that i always say about podcasting the power of podcasting as a medium is that it just allows you to think about the audience so in radio or in other mediums where you've got commissioners and th- and and folk who have to sort of be the gatekeepers in lots of ways you have to think about them when you're thinking about your idea. Whereas with podcasting, you can go, well, either I've got an idea I really believe in, I think, great content that I think there'll be an audience for, or, or like like you can, you can, you can take a punt. And if you're wrong, the audience will tell you, but if you're right, the audience will find you. So I think the key really is thinking about what, you know, caring, genuinely caring about your audience and, and sort of trying to make it as great as you can, you know? So I guess that's not a fantastic answer, but I think thinking about the audience and and allowing you to think, I think this is great. And I think other people will think this is great. And I'm prepared to take the risk and take the punt, I think is half the
1: battle. Fair play. Today, we're talking about Ponyo, which is your choice, Danny. Can you tell us first of all, why you chose it? And then I will bring my timer, countdown timer. You've got 60 seconds to give us the synopsis. <laughs>
2: Well, I chose it because, um, to be honest, Totoro would have been my number one, but it was already taken. (laughs) Um, But Ponyo Ponyo is a very good uh, second choice because um, it's very dear to my heart. I have watched it so many times. My children are quarter Japanese and my partner um, frequently speaks Japanese with them, so it's really important to us that they watch Japanese films. And I just think it's such a it's such a great one for them for you know i don't want to you know go into my synopsis bit but i just think it's got lots of really lovely it's really whimsical i mean (laughs) i kind of hate that word but that i just feel like it sums it up so well it's very whimsical and it's just so imaginative and creative but also with some amazing themes and characters in it so yeah and you know like like we mentioned earlier with with us uh, starting Small water, it's very much in the forefront of our mind what great kids' content looks like. And and so I thought this was a lovely example.
1: Okay, and your synopsis timer starts now.
2: So Ponyo is about a little fish who um, meets a young boy and they become friends very, very quickly and um, become inseparable very quickly. But obviously being a fish, she ends up having to go back to... Um, Well, she's actually quite a magical fish and her her father is some sort of magical wizard of the sea. Um, It's classic Ghibli, so it's all very vague. But um, he (laughs) calls her back because he doesn't trust humans and um, she is not happy about that. She's fiercely independent and decides that she wants to go and live with Sosuke, her new friend. And so she drinks some crazy magical potion, releases it all into the sea and creates absolute kind of carnage but also it's also kind of amazing the way that it's almost the sea reclaims this port town and there's a big flood and there's all sorts of amazing wildlife everywhere and in the end it all comes good her mum is very magical and brings them together and she gets to be a person
1: boom on the nice line time that. <laughs> that is that is magical um has anyone not seen ponyo before i hadn't seen it before
0: i hadn't seen it before either yeah I, I thought I'd seen quite a few Ghibli films, but I hadn't seen this one.
1: I think this is this is probably the biggest one that I hadn't seen. So yeah, when you selected, it, I was like, yes, finally. Um,
3: <laughs> Ponyo. <laughs> I, I've I've seen I've seen Ponyo before.
1: Well, let's stick with Ponyo before. I'm sure we'll we'll dive into other other Ghibli films. Is this just a? I don't want to say rip off of the Little Mermaid, but they took they use actually they actually use the word mermaid at some point in, in this, and it, there are analogous stories to Little Mermaid and like Splash and this mythical magical creature leaving their own surroundings and joining forces with a, a human on dry land. Is that taking too much away from it to to lump it with those guys?
2: Well, um actually I only watch it in Japanese. I use subtitles. I can't follow it in Japanese, but um hmm. they don't they don't say mermaid in in that version. Um oh, I haven't okay. watched so I realised on my way here that I probably should have watched the dubbed version at some point, but I haven't. So um they they don't actually mention it in in that version but i think yeah there is an interesting comparison i think it is kind of along similar lines that you know she decides she loves the human world and it is there is like a whole thing about a very nice cute thing which is kind of comparable to the disney version of little mermaid about how she's fascinated with human world and Mm. you know she eats a piece of ham and she's like what is this this is amazing and you know (laughs) she has some like ramen and she's like wow but I think that she's a lot more like the mistress of her own destiny than The Little Mermaid is. I think she's kind of, you know, I think The Little Mermaid's quite a passive character, at least, well, you know, in the Hans Christian Andersen and in the Disney version, whereas Ponyo's quite stubborn and willful and um, she's like the powerful force in a way, isn't she?
1: Any thoughts on that, Helen? Uh,
3: yeah, I, I, was gonna, I, think that's a, I think it's a, a little bit unfair on Ponyo to kind of, so say it's maybe a Japanese version of the Disney version of a Little Mermaid. I agree with what you said, Danny. That Ponyo is is more fascinated with other things in the human world, other than just fancying a, a boy. I think there's there's more to her wanting to be human. And
1: um, Danny says she likes the ham.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we all like
1: ham. Well, if you're not vegan or. Jewish or Muslim? Um, uh, so,
3: <laughs> but I think if you're you're writing a story about um, a, a a fish that comes out of the sea and decides to live as a human, then there'll always be a, a reference to the Little Mermaid. But I think I think this has got enough kind of differences mm. for it to not just be like a Japanese version of that.
1: Uh, David, your first time watching it, uh, did you know the story beforehand, and what were your, what were your initial impressions?
0: Well, I've always loved, I don't know whether, it is it G Ghibli or Ghibli? I've always loved this sort of, I think they answered either. Mm. Like I answered either Dave or David or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting just going slightly back to the previous question. I think, you know, putting my oral, oral tradition tales hat on, I think... Yeah, it's a sort of universe, like, I actually think it could be more like Cinderella in some ways, like there's, historically, there's like a thousand different versions of Cinderella.
3: Mm. And
0: like, often Cinderella, the fairy godmother is a fish, right? I mean, oh, wow. different cultures. So I think, we, you know, it's going back a lot further than than that in terms of it's a classic tale, isn't it? Of different people finding each other kind of thing. I've dabbled a little bit myself just with noodling with animation. Whenever I watch you know, Ghibli films, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much going on. Like, they're making it so hard for themselves. Like, you know, like there's a bit where, um, now I want to say his name correctly, Danny, the boy, I want to say. Sosuke. 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 Um, You know, there's a bit where he's crouching. There's two scenes that early on that I thought were amazing where he's crouching down by the sea and like, you could just have him sitting there, but like his hair's blowing in the wind, there's grass swaying behind him there's little things crawling all over the rocks. I'm like, this would have taken ages, but mm-hmm. it looks effortless. Um, and there's a, a, another bit where his mother works in a nursing home kind of thing, and he, he ducks under the fence with a full bucket. Yes. And yeah. it's so well done. Like, it just looks so, he- I mean, you know, oh, well, just like people. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, it's just so effortless. But to do that effortlessly is so impressive. Mm. So I'm, again, I'm kind of just fascinated with, not distracted by that but i'm always like oh my god it's just so good (laughs) you know yeah
2: um no i know what you mean
0: and it's slow filmmaking because they let the wind blow through the trees and Mm. they let things rustle they don't fill it up with stuff all the time
1: i've got a friend who's like he likes animation but he said he doesn't like ghibli films because he said they don't look that good i was like what What do you mean wrong what that's interesting
3: what ones have they seen i'm curious
0: no, each to their own, I guess. He's wrong, but, you know, fair enough. I can
1: enough. kind of understand maybe, you know, in the, maybe the wide shots, if you just had a, a random abstract thing. But I think if you watch the whole film, I can't, you know, uh, Totoro, for example, we, we spent a lot of time in the Totter episode talking about, uh, like, just them standing at a bus stop. And you've talked about Tosuke now crouching down with a bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, those, are the, the, you know, just real, natural, everyday things. But then when then it, when it goes into fantastical, one of the scenes I really liked was when Ponyo has been defiant to her father about, you know, he, her father finds out that he's tasted, that Ponyo tasted blood and that's where she's got the human kind of traits, uh, the G- DNA. And then she kind of blows her thumb and like legs pop out and you're like, what? <laughs> um, so I think I just like that kind of characteristic nature to the animation. I can kind of see what they're saying. It's not like super sharp. It's not like it's not like CGI detail animation. But if you go through to like some old school Disney, some of it looks really bad. But I don't think that's true of Ghibli at all. I don't think every, every time looks like it's been can done, done cheaply.
0: No, and they really make the most of like you can literally do anything in animation if you can imagine yeah. it, um, and yeah. they do.
2: Yeah the 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 scene at the beginning where the the father is dropping the elixir into the water and it's just creating all this life it's just I I could just like watch that over and over it's like yeah, I wish it was in my screensaver
0: and the glowing orb be like is this really the beginning what <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: hey I really love when they they flood the town and all the sea creatures just kind of like are floating around and swimming past all the buildings and they're kind of like picking out all the old fish with the, with the names that I can't remember. Just really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: Makes really one nice. I'd
3: live under the sea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are some truly like amazing kind of, how did they come up with that as a scene? Uh, moments. How uh, not just uh, Ponyo's inside a bubble. I can't remember why, why she's inside a bubble, all, but all the little Ponyos are like sucking on the outside of it. There's like thousands of them, like kissing it and then to make the bubble explode or to, to, to freeze to free Ponyo. And I'm just thinking that's that's such a, a mad thing to come up with and and portray and, and make. But yeah, I mean this is this is part of Ghibli's magic, I think. Um when you talked Danny about the the language. Anytime someone brings on a studio Ghibli film we have to talk about the 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 dubbed versus the the original version with the subtitles. Um this time I just all the way through just went with the dubbed but with Japanese subtitles because so I was just knackered. And one thing, things myself and Helen always talk about is how wildly different sometimes the subtitles can be from the, from the dubbed version. And, and this is no exception. Like in the subtitles, she's called Lisa in the, in the, um, dubbed version, she's mum. And I don't know if that's if that's Lisa is mum or that's. Oh, that's um, really
2: interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they so, set it up that way.
2: I read that the. The dubbed version has been adapted slightly, oh, okay. um, just, and that that's why I was like, oh no, I should have watched that because I read that on the way and I, um, but in the Japanese version, she's called Lisa, but that is, um, my partner's half Japanese and he grew up in Japan, um, mm. well, kind of grew up between Japan and the UK, but um, a- anyway, he, um, he said it's really uncommon to call your parent by their name,
1: mm. so… Um, so which suggests that's not her parent?
2: Well, so that's what I asked him, but he yeah. said I think it's I think they're trying to like set Lisa up and 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 Sosuke up. Uh, I think it's kind of part of their character development a little bit to be like I mean, this might just be me and him overanalyzing it, but um, mm. it feels like they're trying to, you know, make Sosuke quite independent in a way and they're they're like a little partnership, aren't they? Because his dad's away quite a lot and um he has you know she has to do everything doesn't she so he kind of has to step up a little bit more than your average five or six year old does so i don't know i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it but it seems it, it, it you know my partner was saying that it's, it's obviously an intentional thing around the character but at no point is it mentioned that she's not his mother
0: mm. He is trying to i guess he's trying to be a bit like his dad and his dad would refer to her as lisa you know like so he's sort of emulating maybe he's emulating
1: so how did you watch it david did you watch it with subtitles or
0: i watched it in japanese with english subtitles
1: yeah um
0: because i i didn't even realize when i looked up i looked it up and it said oh first of all i was surprised it was made in 2008 but it said um kate blanchett and matt damon i was like (laughs) hey um (laughs) But i don't think i could i i don't think i could watch i watched i remember watching spirited away this is back in the days when i hired the dvd and it was a double-sided <laughs> dvd and i accidentally i it, one side was japanese with english subtitles the other side was dubbed and i i watched it and went oh yeah it was good and someone said did you watch it in japanese and i was like can I watch it in Japanese? I'm like, you watch the wrong side, and it, and so I went back and watched it again, and it made a huge difference because the sort of expression in the Japanese and the characterisation, I think, is gives you a closer sort of emotional response to the intent of the characters. I don't know. I I don't know what it'd be like to. I mean, Matt Damon's fine. Kate Blanchett's great. I mean, I just don't know what that would be. You know, no, Matt Damon's great too. They're
1: all great. You know, I just I just I don't know. I don't know. Where, where were you, Helen, with it? You, you've often flipped and flopped every 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, so
3: um, the first time I watched it, I watched it Japanese with English dubs. And then the um, this time around, I watched it with the uh, English dub because I... Um, Heard that Liam Neeson is uh, Ponyo's father, and awesome. I was quite curious as to he does have a particular set of what, skills what he's like. And um, I quite enjoyed the agitated Liam Neeson um, playing playing her father, and the Kate Blanchett as the um, the mother. Matt Damon's hardly in it; he plays the dad, so basically he's just like I'm oh, in the okay. ship over here. That's, <laughs> that's kind of it, type thing. And Tina Fey's Lisa, and she's all like, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. is Tina Fey, Lisa." Yeah. <laughs> oh wow.
3: And Amazing. um there's some there's like Lily Savage. Lily uh Tomlin is one of the older older ladies and oh, yeah. uh oh, wow. So I I always say like go Japanese the first time because you do it is a different experience. Um uh then like if if you've seen it before then like it is quite funny with Liam Neeson doing the I don't know whether he quite really understood what he was reading, but it's, it's quite an (laughs) interesting experience. Um, So yeah, maybe if you watch it again, flip, flip between the two.
1: What were your thoughts on Lisa versus mum? Did you, what did you twig when you first watched it?
3: I was just like, Oh, it's odd that he calls his mum Lisa, but like
1: you thought, you thought from the start, that's his mum.
3: Yeah. I mean, even if like they weren't like biological, then she's clearly like his mum, like there.
1: I thought it might be like an older sister or older cousin that's, baby <laughs> the
0: kids do kids do that right they 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 call their parents by the when they know once they work out what their names are, if they want to sass you they call you your name because they know <laughs> it's disrespectful but I, yeah. I don't know whether that i've seen my niece do that <laughs> i don't know whether i don't know whether that i don't think that's the intention here but um
3: yeah i mean it's, it's a film where a fish comes out a sea eats some ham and f- floods the town <laughs> I mean like whether the, like the mum's called mum or she's called Lisa was like not not like my like slightly <laughs> goes by this the way not quite it. in reality so I didn't I didn't even
1: fish eating hair. I it. guess they
3: do <laughs> that was ham. a better synopsis than mine
2: I think you should have done the synopsis you like got it in like five seconds
1: alright guys anything else you want to say before we head to the scores
2: I just I just wanted to say one other thing that I quite like about it I, I really like how it's a little bit of um I feel like that really is classic Ghibli, isn't it, where it's like the line between human civilization and the natural world starts to blur. And, you know, we think we've built this nice, solid port town and they're all in control of the situation. And, you know, they're polluting in the in the sea and that's kind of referenced quite a bit. Uh, and then, you know, the barrier comes down and it's like the wild world just comes in. And I always like that about Ghibli, how it's like, you know, we're not we're not separated from the natural world, and I think they cover that really nicely in
1: this. Guys, let's head to the scores.
3: I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the stripped media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Welcome to the FlixWatcher scores. They are always out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish, and we will start with you, please, Danny, with your recommendability. Uh,
2: recommendability. I think I'd say four point five because I just think it's got lots of different things going for it. I think it's really fun for kids and really entertaining. And, you know, like I said, it's got really great, strong characters. But I also think for adults, it's just so, I'm going to say whimsical again. I keep saying this word. I don't like this word, but it's just, you know, it's just so, um, it's just so, it's, it's escapism and it's really beautiful. I mean, it's one of the reasons I love Ghibli. It's just so beautiful. And sorry, that sounds glib, but, you know, it's just like an experience to watch it. So, yeah, I'd say 4.5.
0: David. Yes, I love it too. I think I would I would give it a four, only because I think we all know lots of people who love Ghibli, but I think sometimes you either sort of love it or you don't get it. So it would be a five, but to people who love it, but then you're preaching to the choir. So I think it sort of has to be a four because not everyone's just gonna, you know, I love Withnail and I, but I remember telling someone you've got to watch Withnail, and they're like, I didn't get it. It's just a couple of weird guys. So I guess. <laughs> you've got to you know your audience but yeah i think four for that reason because not everyone's going to love it as much as ghibli fans do i guess helen uh
3: yeah i think this is still top top tier ghibli i don't think it's totoro top tier but it's still in the in the top ones for me i feel that maybe this one kind of apart from the environmental kind of issues is probably not that many kind of adulty themes whereas like some of the other ones tend to kind of have that like extra layer of understanding and kind of like feeling whereas this is probably kind of the more fantasy element of it so i'm going to give it
1: a 4.3 i'm going to go uh, i thought it's just cool i think the way it drops for me is where i i think i was i would suggest other ghibli's first if it's someone's first time watching uh, Studio ghibli i would probably put, uh, you know, a few more ahead of it. So that's the only reason I take points away from But I thought it was really charming and I don't know why I'd waited so long to watch it. I say this every time Ghibli comes on, but I always, you know, I always enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, four. Repeat viewing score, Danny.
2: <laughs> I have watched this a lot, so, <laughs> <laughs> how, I think,
3: how many times do you oh, know?
2: Oh my, oh my goodness. I do not know. At one point during lockdown it was every day i'm not gonna lie we were allowed to film a day during lockdown and
1: um, who what do you mean you were allowed to film a day during lockdown what does that mean
2: uh well my kids at the time were only like three and not even one six months or something so i was like oh you know you get that screen time guilt and Mm. i was on mat leave so i felt like obligated not to just bung them in front of the tv the whole time but it was intense so that's definitely a whole other conversation but um so I was like, uh, during the worst point of it, I was like, right, we're going to watch a film a day. <laughs> and um, for whatever reason, it was Ponyo and Totoro over and <laughs> over every other day. It was Ponyo, then Totoro the next day, and then Ponyo again. So at I, I least 30 times, I think, at least, which is, yeah, I'm not exaggerating. That's really sad. But um, So I'd say I, I think I happily watched it three times. And then after that, it was pre i was done with it <laughs> so i think you could definitely watch it more than once because yeah. i think like dave was saying the illustration alone like all those details keep you in and there are like it is completely crazy fantasy worlds there are different aspects of it but yeah i definitely say not more than three
1: <laughs> so repeat viewing score three.
2: Oh, sorry so repeat viewing score four as long as you're just going to watch it twice or three times <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, does that make sense? I don't know. David? Yeah,
0: I'm definitely not as scarred by repeat viewings as Danny. (laughs) So I would say probably a four because I think you can basically, you could fill up your life by watching all the Ghibli-produced films like, you know, on a cycle and you probably wouldn't get sick of it for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go for a four.
1: Helen?
3: So I haven't seen this for years. I saw it years and years and years ago and... um, rewatching it it was still all like really really vivid which i think is like a testament to kind of their animation and how it kind of like stays in your brain so uh yeah i enjoyed watching it again how many more times am i going to watch it i'm not that sure so a 3 for me for a repeat
1: yeah i'm not sure how much often i'm going to watch it and i say the same thing i say every time what's a ghibli i need to watch more and finish the rest of them before I watch this again. Um, So I'm going for the same. I'm going to go for three as Helen has. Small screen score, Danny.
2: Yeah, I think just because of the quality of the animation uh, and, 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 you know, like how vivid and bright it is, I think it works really well on the small screen. I think it would be incredible on the big screen, but I don't think it's taken away by watching it on TV. So yeah, I think I'd give it a four for that. David? Yeah,
0: I think I think at the small screen thing's a good question because like I'm very, very aware our TV at home is not that big, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does work. I think yeah, like I think the luxury of watching it, um, you know, I don't know, it's the sort of thing you could see at the Prince Charles or something, you know, if they do big screenings. But yeah, I think I think a, a solid four. I think it worked really well. It doesn't take away from the magic of it. You're still sort of drawn in. Helen.
3: Yeah, so I I think like Pitcher, Pitch House have done like um, Studio Ghibli seasons where they've had them on the big screen and they've not, it's not really, I've never gone like, I need to see this on the big screen and um, I'm quite happy watching them at home. So, I mean... There's so many on Netflix, I've managed to, like, rack up quite a few um, and fill in some gaps. So I just think they're, they're great to have on Netflix. It's such, like, it's a real treat that so many of them are available. And especially if you've got, kind of, kids at home, you can just put a few of those on and it's all lovely. So a five, small screen. Uh, yeah, five.
1: Don't see why, it's, I don't think... Maybe wasn't paying that much close attention. Like I said, I I, I used the uh, the English dub because I was just feeling a bit knackered whilst watching it. But I didn't feel it had maybe some of the spectacle as um, like Spirited Away kind of thing, which I'd I'd, I'd watch Spirited Away and in, in the cinema. In a heartbeat. This one I'd probably take a bit longer to go and watch in cinema. So, but I thought it was great on a small screen. Engagement score, Danny.
2: Oh, I I think it's quite high because it's just so like crazy and so much is going on. I think I'd, yeah, I'd probably say five. I was like, well in. (laughs) (laughs) And, and yeah, my kids too. (laughs) Uh,
1: David?
0: Yeah, I think I'd go four and a half. I think it really does draw you in and you, you know, it is one of those kind of, it's not a film I would be like looking on my phone while it was on. I'd be really like very much, I don't, you know, there's nothing more interesting in the room than this. So, yeah, for a good solid four and a half.
3: Helen? A little bit lower. So this time around watching it, I ended up kind of having to split the viewing and there was at least a day or two in between the viewing, which I have to factor into the engagement. And I think they they just tend to have like this kind of like dreamy quality and you can sort of be a bit like, oh, I'm kind of watching it, but then I'm also just kind of like feeling the vibes and you can kind of like go, I didn't really didn't really read that bit of the subtitle. I was just looking at a fish and kind of like get to the next stage without having like missed anything. So uh, a 3.5. Um,
1: four. I didn't know. What, I, I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a, I don't want to say traditional quote unquote mermaid story, but I thought it, that's where I was going to go and everyone's going to live happily ever after. So there wasn't, I didn't feel there was that much jeopardy and, you know, it transpired as I thought it was going to do, but otherwise there's a lot that happened uh, to get to the happily ever after that, isn't traditional in these kind of films Um, and I shouldn't use the word traditional because they're all all kind of different. So it kept me engaged um, in spite of being so tired at the end of the day when I watched it. So 4.1 and that gives us an overall score of 4.11875.
3: That's good.
0: It's almost got as many places as (laughs) Pi.
1: (laughs) I'm <laughs> going to go five decimal places or five significant figures, whichever way you want to use it. So as I've said before, we have had uh, quite a few Studio Ghibli films in the pod booth. Helen has done some uh, number crunching and uh, can tell us where where Ponya ranks in those, in those films.
3: My maths is not great, so let's hope I read this one out right. So Kiki's Delivery is at the bottom, 3.72. Boo. What? Yep. And then... <laughs> oh. <laughs> then my my neighbor totoro 4.04 and then we have ponyo 4.11 and then with the with a huge score of 4.31 is howls moving castle so wow. future guess if you're picking any uh, studio ghibli you've got howls moving castle to to beat and the <laughs> to be the champion of <laughs> flicks watcher for for studio ghibli
1: well there you go so everyone do follow us on Twitter, we are at Pod. and as well as following us just to see what we're talking about week in, week out, day in, day out, uh, we do put a shout out before we go into recording, so listen out, watch out for a tweet like this. We're reviewing Ponyo with at HeDanny and Dave Smith from Wardour, at Wardour Studios. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout out on FlixWatcher. So we had one response, who wants to take that away? Do you want to read it out, Danny?
2: Yeah sure so Russell Bailey at Russ Loves Movies says one of Ghibli's most accessible films gorgeous animation naturally and a powerful message about our place in the world not quite top tier Miyazaki but he is a director with so many masterpieces four stars edging close to five stars.
1: Well matches up to what we kind of said and the gif uh, I chose for this is oh no so the gif for this image is uh, one of my favourites where Ponyo's taking human form for the first time and, and running along the sea, running along the waves uh, alongside some massive fish. Such a great scene, actually.
3: It's brilliant, isn't it? She's so happy.
1: And this is what, I'm going to show this to my friend who uh, says the animation isn't that great because I think it looks amazing Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and it's very Danny, small. Danny, David, can you tell us where we can find you guys online uh, and say goodbye to the listeners?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. We are at smallwardor.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <Was that? laughs>
1: that's it fair enough that's it go and find the stuff
2: (laughs) oh sorry i could have said more couldn't i
1: (laughs) no that i mean that gets to the point if you want to listen to
0: uh super great kids stories you can find us on where you find all your pods if you want to hear some of the stuff we make
1: okay guys thank you so much thank you
2: thank you very much for having us bye Bye. cheers Bye. bye
3: audio, tell them Flixwatcher sent you.
0: You just heard a Stripped Media Production.